Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Living in the moment. So there's a, you know, it's, uh, it always happens. There's a lyric that caught me off guard today. Uh, letting, go, letting myself off the hook for things I mean, like Pasco Pasco, now I'm having more fun. I'm letting go of the thoughts that do not make me strong. And I believe this way can be the same for everyone. I believe this way can be the way for everyone. If we are allowing ourselves to live in the moment, whoo boy, how exciting is that? How exciting is that? Yeah. What I wanted to talk about today, <laughs> what I wanted to talk about today, so where do I begin? Where do I begin? The, 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 the message today is called uh, uh, A New Song from the Fire. A New Song from the Fire. And kind of the idea, is, the idea that I had is that it really is about rooting ourselves into that concept of living in the moment and allowing ourselves to align with this true nature is, that is at the core of our beingness. And this is what New Thought stands for. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. New Thought is not so new. New Thought is not so new. It's ancient wisdom that is wrapped up in modern language ancient wisdom that is wrapped up in modern language. And what I love about New Thought is that it is consistently evolving itself because um, our work is to remain open to the flow. Our work is to remain open to being the light, and the light is never the same. And so it is that fire that is at the core of each and every one of us that is flowing forth into all creation. So today's message is a new song from the fire, that we can live a new song. Now, we could also look at it this way, that the song may not necessarily be so new, but you know what I love about music is that we have the same set of notes, we have the same similar harmonic structure for things, but every song is unique, just in the way that each and every one of us is unique. So every song is resurrected into something new and exciting and evolved. So the song may not be so new in terms of the things that put it together, but its expression is entirely unique, just like each and every one of us. That song is resurrected from the fire, just like the phoenix rises from the ashes. And we are in a season of renewal, right? This, this season, the spring season is a season of renewal. That's how many of us in ministry uh, understand it. And that's our approach that tends to be prevalent in our talks, that we are in the spring season with Easter. We're rising up and we are knowing more deeply the truth of our beingness. And I think we can all use a little renewal right now, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly ready for it. I am ready for some renewal. And that's, you know, that, that Phoenix Rising image is all about renewal. The nature of God, the nature of spirit, the nature of this universal harmony is resilience. And I know this because I recognize and I see it in everything. Here's, here's, here's what I understand to be a truth. Life wants to thrive. Life wants to thrive. There was this, so I had this, now, people are going to probably be upset that I'm about to tell them that I ripped a plant out of my backyard. But when I moved into the house that I live in now, there was this very large, overgrown, uh, it was a Texas rose. And 
had it been tended to and cared for, it could have been really beautiful. But by the time I moved in, it was so overgrown and it was just going, going, going. And there was nothing that really suited what I wanted the backyard to look like. So I thought, well, I got to get rid of this thing. And I, and so I like go and I start hacking away and I chop it all down. And, you know, I'm left with this kind of stump looking thing. And... I clear everything out with the help of my dad, thank, thank you. We clear everything out of the backyard, all of this stuff that we had cut away, and there was this, essentially a stump of the rose bush left. And I started thinking, well, I gotta get in there with a shovel, I gotta dig out, you know, gotta get the roots out of the ground. And it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and, and I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And what I recognized by watching this rose bush is that life wanted to happen by means of this rose bush, because of course, what did it do? It started putting out new sprouts. And that's how I know that the nature of life is that it wants to thrive. Life wants to happen. And we are that life. We are that life. So we thrive even in the darkest hours. And a lot of people are experiencing some dark hours right now. You know, I have a lot of connection uh, with people online, of course. I mean, we've got the, I've got the um, one o'clock weekday Zoom call that's happening with people who, for anyone who wants to join in, if you are interested in joining in and just having a, uh, you know, a little coffee break in the middle of the day, every weekday, one o'clock, you can check in uh, right there on Zoom and I'm there and there are usually a number of people who are there to just have a conversation and just check in and say hello and have a little FaceTime. And I also understand that's not for everyone. But what I know is that as I've been experiencing this, I've seen people kind of get a little more challenged by this experience we're having. And I see them stepping back in their own life and stepping back in their own life and stepping back in their own life. And what I know is that there is nothing but resilience that is at the core of life wanting to happen. And so my message partly today is to say, if that is you, please reach out. Know that there are options for you. There are ways of stepping it up in your own life. And we are here. I am here to support you. So while we are in this collective experience, which for many is not easy, just keep that in mind. The resilient nature is at the core of each and every one of us because life wants to happen. We are, each and every one of us, the phoenix rising. And now sometimes it may seem like ugh, we're jumping over a chasm. It seems like we're you know, trying to make that leap. And it's scary because there's no net. There's no net. But what I know is that as we make that leap, we are lifted by our faith. We are lifted by our faith. So that's a concept that resonates in my heart. It's a concept that resonates in my heart. Now, it does beg the question, I think, what is faith? What is faith? And when I ask that question of myself, I often go to, um, I often recall the quote, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And what I have discovered for myself is that that is, that's accurate. And our entire philosophy is one of faith. I've, I've, I've always been very fond of that quote the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, why, why am I fond of that quote? Because a lot of people will, will, who know me will say, wait a second, you've got hope in there. 
And I've heard what you've had to say about hope. And hope is uh, an unconscious compromise to the truth. That's what I say about hope. But I think it's okay sometimes to step back and say, if hope is as far as we can get, then let us live within that sense of hope. And that's okay. Part of this is to deeply understand where we are. Now, I love this quote because why? Because it's a quote that invites us to live. It's a quote that invites us to live in that faith. So what is faith to you? What is faith to you? Do you have the in, do you have faith in the inherent good of all? Do you have faith in the inherent good of all? Do you have faith in this teaching? That this teaching can and will motivate you into living your best life? Do you have faith that everything will always work out? And even more than that, do you have faith that everything is working right now, exactly as it needs to for your highest good, for your benefit? Irrespective of the circumstances all around you, is it all working? To know that it is and to not have to look at the outside world for proof of it, that's what faith is. So it elicits for me another big question that has been really resonating with me these days. And, and it, it, the question is this, how do I know what to expect from all of this? How do I know what to expect from all of this? You know, I'm, I'm online just like everybody else, and I, I see the things that people are posting and, and, and the way that we are actively engaging the practice to deepen and express our faith given this thing called COVID-19, the coronavirus. It doesn't matter what it's called. Do you have faith that you are greater than any experience you are having? That's what I keep coming back to. Do you have faith that you are greater than any experience you are having? Well, this question, that question itself actually expressed itself in an interesting way for me this week in, in, in a conversation that I had with somebody. Um, there was a conversation that uh, I had. It was actually on one of the one o'clock calls. And it was about this notion of the bigness of God. And what was reflected back to me by the person who was having this conversation was that there was a little confusion. And, and the idea is that it was this. It, it basically said, if we are God, which is what I claim, I claim that we are the infinite power and presence because if it is infinite and we are somehow separate, then it is not infinite. We are part of this infinite creative nature. We are God. And so that's what I hold to. But the question came up, if we are God, does that idea of limitation of myself as being limited diminish the power that can be had in talking to God. This person was saying, I miss being able to talk to God because it almost feels like a weight when I understand that I am God. Talking to God brings me comfort. And so I, I, when, when this was reflected to me, I said, well, then talk to God. Talk to God. Let yourself off the hook. 
not every single one of us is in the same place of faith. If your faith, if the place you are in faith instructs you to talk to God, then do it. Because that's where we are. And be where you are. It's magnificent to acknowledge and know that right where you are is right. Now, my faith, I have deepened in my faith. And it's taken me a journey to become a minister, to deepen into my faith, so that I have come to a point where I talk as God. Now, the truth is, we're all talking as God at all times, no matter what. Because again, if God is all there is, we cannot be separate from that. So everything that we express is God. But not all of us are there consciously, and that's okay. Be where you are. Be where you are. And know that there is more. Be where you are and know that there is more because each and every one of us are evolving. Evolution is the nature of spirit, of God, of universal energy. It doesn't matter what you call it. Evolution is its nature. Life wants to be lived. Part of the faith of new thought is that it is rooted in this capacity that each and every one of us have to make choices. And by the choices we make, we experiment with and as life in this world. Now, many of us are looking for proof. We're looking for proof of our faith. And <laughs> here's what happens. If you have proof, it's no longer faith faith, the evidence of things unseen. I am faced repeatedly with people coming to me looking for proof, and many who diligently look for the contradictions in what I have to offer. Oh, let me tell you, I get a lot of people looking for those contradictions. And to that, I always say, well, it's, there's a, there is a, one of my favorite, being a musical theater actor in a, in a, I mean, I'd like to say I still am a musical theater actor, but it really is sort of a former part of my life because uh, I'm not actively engaged in it. But there is a musical called Company, and in that musical is a brilliant line that I've always carried with me, and the line is this, you see what you look for, you know? And so many people who may be actively looking for contradictions in what it is I have to say or the, my approach to the faith or, you know, they look, at, they, they look at the minister for the answers. But if they're looking for contradictions, they will see what they're looking for. And that is, to me, proof. We see what we look for. That is a fundamental premise. We see that which we are equal to in our consciousness. I hear conversations, I get requests for feedback. There are many people who say, my life is not going well, and I need you to prove to me that this teaching will change that. I need you to prove to me that this teaching will change that. And the truth is, I can't. The proof is up to each and every one of us. The proof is to practice the principle of creation to create the life we would like to experience. I cannot prove anything to you. The work, the work itself is the proof. If we look for evidence 
in the world of form, we will never see if we think the evidence precedes the faith. So our work is to take the leap. Faith is a consciousness. Faith is a consciousness and a feeling so deeply embedded that we don't live in doubt. It is a feeling and a consciousness so deeply embedded that we do not live in doubt. And we can create that consciousness. We can create that feeling. In fact, we're doing it all the time. We're doing it all the time below the level of awareness. We don't have to continue to do it tacitly. Let's engage in the active change of consciousness and feeling to deepen ourselves in faith. It takes tenacity. It takes conviction. It takes work. And oh, I think this may be the first time I've said it from this stage. This philosophy is work and it will continue to be work until it is no longer work. Get it? Our work in this philosophy is to be in faith and to trust that our consciousness creates. That takes practice. They don't call it spiritual. I mean, we do call it spiritual mastery, but you have to engage in spiritual practice before you reach spiritual mastery. It takes tenacity. It takes conviction. It takes recognizing that we are like the phoenix, singing a new song as we rise up out of the ashes of that fire. As we rise, let us not assume anything will be like it was. It will never be like it was, and I am personally grateful for this. It can never be like it was, because if it is, then we have actually not evolved. I used to fear. Oh, I used to fear evolution. Yeah. I had this idea, you know, part of evolution is um, deepening into the ideas that, that challenge and, and, and really looking at those ideas and, and how do they activate in our lives. Now, I had developed a concept at a point. It was actually just a couple of years ago. I developed this concept that I had swapped over in my life experience and in my conscious awareness from one plane of action to another plane of action, that it was an unwelcoming plane of action. Actually, Carrie Mon was there, my sister, who helps with the, with the uh, webcast. She was there with me when this happened. It was Saturday, January 13th, 2018. I was, uh, I was in Hawaii, and at 8.07 a.m., I got a notification on my phone. And it was a statewide notification. It went out over all the emergency alert channels, you know, like you get uh, Amber Alerts. And the message said this, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. <laughs> and I remember, so Karimon and I were there together. We were there on a, on, a, on a spiritual journey, a spiritual retreat. And we were getting ready that morning to go to our first event of the day. And this comes over my phone and Carrie Mom was down and she was you know, getting herself prepared, doing her hair and, and her makeup and all that stuff. And I, I came downstairs to where she was and I said, <laughs> of course, this is me being the minister. I don't mean to alarm you, but this message just came through my phone, <laughs> you know, because I have to be the one who holds it all together. But I also realized that under stress, that is my natural response. I'm the guy who holds it all together. And I will tell you, I had like my breakdown about four weeks after that when I thought, wow, what if that was real? 
The longest 38 minutes of my life were spent in this experience as we sat there and waited and thought, are we sheltered enough where we are? What is this going to be? How is this going to unfold? 38 minutes later, we finally get the message that was sent out on the same system that said, this was a false alarm. But boy, oh gosh, I get like, <sighs> the longest 38 minutes of my life. But I had this idea later that what unfolded was actually what happened. I think that on a plane of action, there actually was an inbound ballistic missile. This is what I've come to in my life. But in the quantum level, everything is rooted in the possible. And so my belief that this was not my time changed the event. And so I shifted to another plane of action, and I think that the plane of action was that ballistic missile actually did do its work. And I've shifted myself, and I'm now on a separate plane of action. And that is the potential and possibility that is within each and every one of us. Were it not for that experience, here's what I know. It's entirely possible I would not yet have returned to Tucson because that was not in my plan. And it was actually that week, that event happened. And it was actually, I think really more that day, I said, if this had been the end for me, would I have done what it was mine to do? And when the answer came through me that said no, I said, then what is mine to do? And my thought had always been, I wanna to return to Tucson and I want to engage in spiritual practice. I want to let my ministry thrive in my hometown. And so although I had begun to establish myself in a very specific way in Southern California, having moved back from Toronto, I had moved to Southern California, and we had this, my husband and I had, we had this plan for what we were going to do. I came away from that experience of the ballistic missile threat, and I said, everything has to change. Everything has to change. So had that not happened, it's entirely possible I would not have yet returned to Tucson. Possible. Possibility. Living in possibility is an aspect of faith. So what is possible now? What is possible now? Now, I mentioned that this, that, that this experience may have put me on a plane of action that feels a little unwelcoming right now. Because this plane of action, we're now having a particular experience in this world. It doesn't feel so good. So what is possible now? And this is a question for each and every one of us. Because we can choose to feel defeated by this coronavirus event. We can choose to feel defeated by whatever it is out in the world that seems to be squashing us down. Or we can faithfully know the truth. Suffering, the experience of suffering is the result of ignorance, and we are not relegated to remain ignorant in our lives. Our work, our work is to root ourselves in the affirmative, on the affirmative side of life. It is our work to root ourselves on the affirmative side of life every single moment to combat ignorance with spiritual truth that we are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by our use of this spiritual law of cause and effect. We create what it is we would like to experience, but it takes work. 
Spiritual truth raises us up. It raises us up above the conditions of our environment. When we do this, we may find ourselves. Are you ready to find yourself? When we do this, when we, are, when we have risen above the circumstances of our life, the past and the future become less relevant. Our work, our experience becomes an experience of living in the moment, living our lives easy and breezy with peace in our minds, hearts, and souls. Because it's then, it is then, when we are singing this new song that has risen out of the flame, it is then that we recognize that right where we are, we are already home. Our work encourages, encourages us to live not with faith in God, it encourages us to live with the faith of God, to know and experience more and more and more that we are not one with God, we are not one in God, we are one of God. So I invite you to ask yourself the question, as we live in this time of seeming isolation, where do I consciously choose to live? Misery or happiness? In the past or in the moment? Being burned or rising from the fire? It is time, it is time, it is time to awaken. It is time to sing a new song. It is time to awaken. A person asked the Buddha, are you a god? Buddha's reply was no. Are you an angel? No. Then what are you? I am awake. Choose to awaken today. Choose to live from a place of good, so inwardly embodied, of joy, so inwardly embodied, of peace, so inwardly embodied, of love, so inwardly embodied, of wisdom, so inwardly embodied, of happiness, so inwardly embodied that the mind can no longer deny it. Because when the mind can no longer deny it, you are living in a place of infinite faith, and that becomes the expression of your life. In this, your experience aligns accordingly. Namaste. Hello, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of My Sunday Message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, www.tucsonnewthought.org. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.